Hi, Natalie. Hey, Tara. What's up? Nothing much. Just, you know, we got to be stocking the shelves. Oh my gosh. It's about to get crazy in here, isn't it? Oh yeah. It's busy, but it's good for us. It is. It is. You know what? We haven't talked about our albums of the month in a long time. In about a month. <laughs> I don't know. We did should. We even, did we even talk about an album of the month last month? I feel like we didn't. Maybe we did. Did we miss a month? That's We madness. might have. We might have. Oh, that's crazy. Well, we got to catch up because there's a crap ton of new stuff that's come in lately. Oh, yeah. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm Tara. I'm Natalie. Welcome to the store. Let us know if you need anything. We'll be talking about our favorite music over here. Speaking of favorite music, I want to chat about the new album from Knower. It just dropped this year, Knower Forever. I love it. Can we chat about it? Do you know what that I immediately noticed about this album, Nowhere Forever? Hmm. The cover art is like the exact same as Downtown Rockers by Tom Tom Club, but it's black. I mean, it's the same. Like they copied. It's the exact same. We will file a complaint forthwith. I like that though. It's like, do you remember, I think we talked about drug dealer doing this where they kind of copied Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. I like it when new, newer folks copy or like take inspiration from older groups. I kind of dig that stripped down album art vibe anyway, where it's just, just a, their bust just from the shoulder up and they're just staring blankly into the camera. <laughs> just no other, yeah. no other information. It's just like, you don't know what you're getting into. Eh, I dig it. It's classic. Yeah, totally. Okay. Nowhere. Jazz electronic funk fusion duo featuring multi-instrumentalist and vocalists Louis Cole and Genevieve Artati formed in 2009. Both jazz studies graduates out of LA. In early 2010, they started releasing music on YouTube, uh, the rise of mini musician these days. And their first video was a cover of Britney Spears' song 3, which is such a crazy song to pick, but they did something so cool with it. Later that year, they released their debut album, called Louis Cole and Genevieve Artati. And here we are in 2023. They are on their fifth studio album. It's been seven years since their last release. So this is this is a pretty big deal, this album. Are you a fan of Nowhere? Have you been following wow. them on social media and, and whatnot? I did not know about Nowhere, but I did know about Sam Gendel, Louis Cole, Sam Wilkes, oh, yeah. and they've all played together, that whole family. And I saw Sam Gendel, Sam Wilkes at Big Ears. And so, yeah, I know I know this family. Oh, the whole Thundercat connection, yeah. Snarky Puppy. Of course, we've talked about Moonchild before, not to get, you know, very no spoilers, much, but yeah. Creme de la creme they've got in yeah. terms of a uh, musician network, that's for sure. Yeah, some big names yeah. on their records. And I actually... Uh, some of my friends just went to see Clowncore, which is another one of their projects, which is wacky. They're wacky. I bet that's a crazy show. <laughs> yeah. So this album kicks off with a lovely short orchestral piece. It's really beautiful, really dramatic. The buildup is quite intense. Again, you're like, okay, what's getting <clears throat> ready to happen now? And then track two hits. It's called I'm the President. It's the first single from the album. So this track, it, it's fantastic. I think it's a great way to, to just like bust in after that intro. It's so bouncy and groovy. It's like they just dropped this funk bomb on your face out the gate. Love it. Yeah, I love that opener. It's so beautiful. And honestly, I did not expect that. It's, it's orchestral and just so beautiful. And I'm the president is so funky. It's like beautiful arrangement. Then boom, funky, loud, <laughs> fun in your face. It reminds me of Enan meets Deerhoof. 
Really? Enon meets deer hoof. Yeah. Hmm. Enon? Enon? Interesting. Deer hoof. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, you know, like snoopy waves. In her, in Genevieve's voice, maybe? Yeah, that's probably, it's probably her voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, they're really funny. The lyrics are very tongue in cheek. Genevieve's kind of like sneering at the idea of being president, a la the former U.S. dingus in chief. Just very, very quirky. I love it. I love the key solo on this from Paul Cornish, another amazing musician on this record. It's it's like this bright splash of water in the face moment, you know, not just the playing itself, but the transition into it is really, really slick. Nowhere. They always have such fun compositional ideas and I love their transitions, you know. The video for this is cool, too. It's their it's their standard, like just cramming everybody into a house and just setting up wherever you can find space. And you've got Genevieve in the stairwell singing. And then when it's time for the keys solo, Paul Cornish comes like running down the stairs, putting on a shirt like he's been taking a nap or something and then hitting the piano at the bottom of the stairs just in time to start playing, which I think is was kind of a fun effect. But yeah. yeah, what is their, they have a thing for sure with like cramming all their friends into one tiny little space and recording these wacky videos. I think it's great. <laughs> all right. The next track is another fave of mine. It's called The Abyss. So this one has more of that classic sound people associate with Noah, I think. The grooves on this album are just so tight and staccato. You've got Mono Neon on bass. Uh, with Lewis Cole on the drums, that's just such a nasty combo. It's it's just so perfect and just very snappy in that groove. Uh, Sam Gindel on saxophone. He's got this a killer solo on this track. Everybody breaks into crazy solos on this. You've got Ray Thistlethwaite on keys. Just the man is from outer space. He also is, he's a fantastic singer too. Uh, his scat game is really strong. If you want to look him up online and, and check out more of his music. And like you mentioned, Noah is they're known for you know recording in the house, but they're also known for having like a particular mix style that is quite polarizing. But at this point, it's clearly a choice. You know, it's their shtick, and they've been vocal about saying. Hey, you know, screw you guys if you don't like the mix. But for those who care, like the compression, the boxiness and the drums, you know, it can get a little fatiguing on the ears if you're not used to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, who is who's the bassist again? Mono Neon? Mono Neon? I think I follow this person on social media. They wear fun neon colors and glasses. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Goggles, sweaters. That's the guy. Yeah. I follow this person on on social media so good oh yeah such the, a good basis insane. yeah it's crazy crazy good sorry no but just mix wise i'm i'm not mad at it on this album it doesn't bother me as much i think as it has on some of their past recordings but i don't know maybe i've just gotten used to it started to just associate that sound with them plus like let's be real i'd happily choose this over any of the hyper polished sparkly music turds that are constantly thrown in our faces you know i'll take a little, <laughs> bit, little yes. bit of boxiness a little muddiness in the mix yes I don't think they'd be able to get away with it, though, if it weren't for the fact that they are and that they engage with such world-class musicians and they're playing such A-plus compositions. You know what I mean? You take you tolerate it because yeah. it's their, It's their sound. It is interesting that they have such a fun, wacky sound for the level of musicianship that they're they're dealing with across the board, even with their friends. Like, I don't know, like, it seems like, like, they don't take themselves too seriously, I guess is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you can, you can tell like they're just having a super serious composition, they're having a good like time. a jazz musician. Yeah. 
And they're yeah. just kind of taking the piss sometimes. And I like that. Yeah. It's a real chill vibe. It's like they, they know they don't have to prove anything to anyone. So they're just jamming out and having yeah. fun. Right? I like yeah, that. For sure. Yeah. So this boxy drums effect thing, I think, is especially heavy on the next track. And this is the first down-tempo track on the album. It's called Real Nice Moment. This is a lovely laid-back tune that I think suits Genevieve's vocal style particularly well. But there is like, I hate to keep going back to the mix thing because I really do love all of these tracks. But on this particular track, there's like a like a, a, a synth that is detuned in a way, um, or it's got some kind of like chorusing, something's happening out of phase that I think competes too much with the vocal. Like her voice is so soft and airy. And I feel like that synth kind of cuts into it in places, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. But I do think it's a really pretty song. I think I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. like in the hook. I can hear it's it. It's just a little, sort of, little and she's searing. Like singing. At the top. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say, this song is, though, one of my favorites on the album. Real Nice Moment is exactly that. A real nice moment mm-hmm. on the record. And I also wrote Soft and Lovely. Yeah. It's funny. Every time you've described any of these songs, I've made notes that almost say the exact same, at least descriptors that you've said. So it's funny. We're spending too much time together in the store, Natalie. All right. So next we have It's All Nothing Until It's Everything. This is probably one of the more dynamic tracks moving between that tight, heavy staccato playing and then, you know, the, the tight singing in the verses and moving into this wide atmospheric synth synth pads and strings thing for the chorus this is a cool track it's probably not my favorite except for that key solo from way thistlethwaite towards the end my god it's like a cosmic roller coaster ride with those ascending chords and the way the composition builds up around it it's just it's stanky i love it it's mad stanky You know, this song reminds me so much of Battles. What's that? Battles, the band. I don't know. Battles with the two drummers and the boxes, Atlas, all that. Battles, the band. Listen to, I don't know, choose a song from the from the album Atlas by Battles. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I think it's because of the drums in this song. I don't think I've ever heard of this band before. That's crazy. I'll have to explain. I know. That is crazy to me. I feel like you enjoy them. Also, I misspoke. I said the album Atlas, but I meant the album Mirrored, which does include this song Atlas. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. So the next track, track six, is called Nightmare. This is another funky little groove that's giving, it's giving me a bit of like Purple Rain, First Avenue vibes. <laughs> Not a whole lot to say about this one, just like a solid party dance track I feel like I'd hear in a club. It does have a neat little half tempo breakdown in the middle that lifts it up a bit for me. Yeah. Otherwise, this one's kind of a, a background track for me. Next is Same Style, Different Face. So this is really Genevieve's shining moment on the album. She's got this like sweet, gentle ballad that it feels like something out of a Broadway musical, you know, or like something I associate with my youth. It's very familiar, but I can't get my, I can't get my brain to pin down a song title that it sounds like, you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. It's funny that you said shining moment for this one, because you said something kind of similar to real nice moment. And I would say these real nice moment and same smile, different face are similar in that sort of 
ballady softness. Yeah, really showcase. And I like both of those probably the most. Mm -hmm. They are shimmery, like, well, at least this one, shimmery in almost like a shoegazy way. Mm. And yeah, nostalgia, something 90s nostalgia, fuzz, softness, but loud. You know what it sounds like to me? It's like the penultimate tune from a Muppets movie. Like something Kermit would sing to me before the big closing number where I'm like learning the power of friendship or whatever. You know, I mean, in the best way possible. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a sweet little lullaby thing. Yeah. I like that. All right. Track eight is Do Hot Girls Like Chords? And yes, they do. We can confirm. Hello. Yes, we can confirm this. This is a nasty track. I love it. Noor is giving us dynamics here because this one just like slaps you in the mouth after that little Muppets lullaby. (laughs) I feel like this song is kindred spirits with it's all nothing until it's everything. But for some reason, this one just kind of grips my bones better. It's it's dipping into rock and roll territory, and I think I think that's why I really dig it. All right, next up we have "Ride That Dolphin," and here we get this super tight, straightforward Benny and the Jets groove. Yeah, and I think personally, I think Genevieve sounds the best on this track. Huh. There's like this really beautiful bridge with some choir action, and she's singing over it and like kind of ad libbing. You don't hear her ad lib much, but she's kind of ad libbing, and it's giving Janet Jackson and she just sounds so soulful. Mm. Yeah, I think it's cool. I get hear Janet Jackson meets like Reese, Rez, Reese. Oh, Reese, Rez yeah, yeah. She, yeah. Reese, man, I loved her. Um, yeah, me too, so good. Ah, well, I want next album of the month, I might have to reminisce. choose that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Benny and the Jets, you, you nailed it. It does have that sort of like riff thing going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, 100%. And you've got Sam Wilkes just delivering that monster bass all the way through. It's it's great. Track number 10, It Will Get Real. So Lewis Cole does an interview where he mentions loving Mario Kart's music. And I so can feel that energy in this track. I can hear it. I'm on Rainbow Road. I'm throwing shells at people. Like I can see it (laughs) when I hear this. (laughs) This is the feel-good dance track on the album. It's such a perfect way to start wrapping things up. That bass line from Mano Niango's just complete sicko mode on this track. It's so good. Yeah, it it has like almost to a tinge of drum and bass, but not really. You know what I mean? Not oh, full well, yeah. on, but well, that's yeah. Lewis Cole all day. Like, yeah, dude's yeah. a machine. If anyone could just play straight up high speed drum and bass, it would be him for sure. All right, so the album concludes with "Crash the Car." Another really, really great down tempo kind of borderline ballady thing. It's got. Great old school R&B vibes, especially in those chords and the hook. I'm back in, you know, the back of the family van on a road trip, drifting to sleep with, you know, my sister's mixtape playing. This is the kind of song I would hear. Just really pretty and soothing and nostalgic. Yeah. Fantastic sax solo from David Benny. And uh, I think the message is a great one to end on. It's just like, don't worry what others say or think. Don't play it safe. Just floor it and 
go top speed into your dreams. And that's yeah, it. not into not into a brick wall though. Don't do that. No one dreams of brick walls. No, we don't drive <laughs> into brick walls. Happy things, drive into happy thoughts. But yeah, I, I think it's a great closer yeah. for this. Yeah. Also, if you go to Bandcamp, you apparently get a bonus track. I have not listened to it. Someone else mm. should do that though. And yeah, support the album us. on Bandcamp for sure. Yeah. All right. Well. If I can say one thing I really appreciate about Noah Forever, it's the fact that it does such a great job at showcasing its guests, artists. Everyone has time to shine. The solos are so thoughtfully incorporated. You can tell they weren't just shoved in like some random rap feature. (laughs) That doesn't make sense. You know, everything melts together so artfully. And I think what keeps me coming back to Noah in the end, beyond just the sheer virtuosity, is definitely their sense of humor. You get it in the lyrics, you get it in the arrangements, they keep you guessing, they keep you smiling. They're just fun to listen to. Yeah, it's true. They do have such a good sense of humor. They don't take themselves too seriously, even though they are seriously talented. Yeah, it reminds me of Enan, Tawate, mm. uh, even maybe a tiny little bit of LCD sound system sometimes. Deerhoof, Tom Tom Club even maybe a, a tinge. Outside of the album cover. Mm. And Battles, of course. Yeah, I'll check that out after Flaming work. Lips? Narky Puppy, obviously, yeah. That's a nice- They're all in the family. Broad, yeah, they have a lot of little different things going on. All right, so I'm handing it off to you. What do you have for this month? Well, speaking of a lot of things going on and some jazz influence, Fusion too, perhaps- Mm-hmm. I am bringing to the table a record that I've never listened to all the way through until this, this exercise, this album of the month conversation. I wanted to explore an album I'd never really heard before, but I also wanted to take it back. And so this album is called Action and it's by The Blackbirds. It's from 1977. Nice. So yeah, Blackbirds are American rhythm and blues, jazz, funk, fusion group formed in Washington, D.C. in 1973. It's actually kind of the the brainchild of Donald Byrd, the, the famous professional trumpeteer. He, back in the, I guess, mm, late 60s, cut a track for Blue Note called Blackbird and spelled same way, B-Y-R-D, like his last name, Blackbird. And it became the label's first million-selling album. So- wow. He was catching a ride off that whole jazz fusion thing that was happening across the plains. Other jazz players like Herbie Hancock was starting to get into some successful crossovers. Um, Soul and rock audiences are really diving into that space. And taking a cue from that title of that album, he, Donald Byrd, got together with some of his music students and formed the Blackbirds. So Blackbirds featured Donald Byrd himself, on trumpet, Kevin Tony on keyboards, Keith Kilgo on vocals and drums, Joe Hall on bass guitar, Alan Barnes on sax and clarinet, RIP, and Barney Perry on guitar. They signed with Fantasy Records in 1973, and they had a hit called Walking in Rhythm that received a Grammy nomination and sold over a million copies by May of 1975. Outside of that, they have gone gold with three of their albums, and that is City Life, Unfinished Business, and Action, which is the record that we are discussing today. But I also just wanted to mention that Blackbirds have influenced a ton of hip-hop music. They've been sampled a ton of times. 
So check them out outside of this record. But yeah, so let's get into this. I just want to say recommended if you like this album to me is Herbie Hancock meets Earth, Wind and Fire meets Steely Dan. Right on. (laughs) No, you're totally right. I can hear that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Even some like Brothers Johnson moments, some like Casey and the Sunshine band, Stevie Wonder. It's funky. It's fresh. It's jazzy. It's awesome. Okay, diving in. First track, Supernatural Feeling. It's synthy, it's spacey, it's funky. I mean, the bass guitar doesn't get any funkier than this. Like this bass guitar slaps. There's these like lush vocal harmonies. And I know Supernatural is in the title and this isn't just the reason why I'm about to say what I'm about to say, but it does remind me a little bit of Superstition by Stevie Wonder. I can hear that too. Okay, good. It's that, yeah. it's that squeak in the, the guitar. <laughs> yeah, and that bass. Yeah, so good. I know right. this has Supernatural feeling, yeah. but this this feels like summertime to me. It feels like there's a barbecue happening, you know? Yeah, totally. Beer out of a can, hanging out. I don't know. It's just like a laid back family reunion picnic barbecue kind of vibe. Yeah. It's funky. It's so good. That's probably where the reason I feel that way is probably because without knowing, I've heard this at a family function at some point. It's highly, highly likely. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, put it on your boombox while you're playing hoops outside in the hot June or July weather. I mean, yeah, definitely a summer, summer song for sure. All right, number two, looking ahead. Looking ahead to number two. This one, again, is so groovy and so fun. It reminds me this time of like Chic or, you know, Niles Rogers vibes, uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. This one is full on like disco-y funk. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorites for sure on the album. Yeah. I dig the bass. Yeah. And that's all I'll really say about that one because number three is probably one of the most standout tracks on the record and probably some of the most sampled. I think Wiz Khalifa samples it. I'm drawing a blank on the others, but it's definitely been sampled a bunch of times. Mysterious Vibes. The opening is the best part. It's so, so nice. It's so that opening. And, yeah, it's crazy. It's a vibe. It is such a vibe. A mysterious vibe. It's spacey. It's got some sexy soprano sax. And those, again, going back, those lush harmonies, they crush it with those harmonies. And they're very subtle too, because like for the yeah. most part, they're singing in unison. So when they do break into the harmony, it's like, ooh, just like tickles the yeah. drum. Like Brothers Johnson harmonies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Something special. This one, all I have to say about this one is I really like the way it starts, but it kind of starts to go, it it veers into Love Boat theme song territory towards the middle, (laughs) and it's not my fave. I like it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that's probably why they put it in the middle, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You want it to be sandwiched by the strong, the heavier hitting stuff. Yeah. The Love Boat. Yeah. No, too cheesy. Oh, great. Yeah, now now all I see is like the opening sequence to, you know, some <laughs> 70s evening drama now. Oh my gosh, Matt, those were the days for television, I, I have to tell you. <laughs> 
I miss it. Okay, number five, street games. This one is like war to me. It's funky, but has like, I mean, it's called street games, but it does have like that street culture to it from the 70s, you know? War, cameo, this like 70s funk, but like culture moment going on. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, it does. It's kind of shocking on this particular album. It kind of... Yeah. I don't know if it like fits thematically with everything else, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. I was just, it's like shenanigans at the family picnic and then someone needs to be scolded. <laughs> it's like the movie Warrior with the guys in oh, the, the Warriors and like yeah, roller, I love that movie so roller skates. much. Yeah, Warriors. Yeah. And you dig it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Street games. Playing street games. Mm-hmm. Only a couple left. And this album's kind of short in terms of songs on here, amount of songs. Um, wait, how what's the what's the total length? What are we looking at here? Do you have it pulled up? It's just under 34 minutes. Oh, okay. That's helpful because that means it's like, yeah, it's short, but it's too long to be an EP. But it's pretty short in the grand scheme of things, 34 minutes. But yeah, so there's only two more songs just to run through. Track six is called Soft and Easy. And this one is like if you take Barry White and Serge Gainsbourg with Brigitte Bardot or Jane Birkin, you get this song, Soft and Easy. It's got that sexy... I love your recipes, your music recipes for these songs. It's like, it's that sexy spoken word vocals, but it's got some like moaning and groaning in it. Some, like, a lot of noises. moaning and groaning. I was kind of yeah. like, it kind of leaves you hanging in the beginning. Like, what is, is there going to be singing? Because there's kind of some some talking and there's some yeah. moaning. And then the song starts and it's just dead air. And I'm yeah. like, oh. And then I'm like, should I be here? Are, are they, yeah. <laughs> are they yeah. busy? Yeah. That's like, like I said, Serge and Jane, man, they take that other song to just, a, where you're like, I, I don't know if I, this is not for me. This is... Private. Yeah, this is a uh, adult <laughs> business. I don't belong here. Yeah, yeah. But I think this track might have made it to the top twenty if I if I'm really? recalling the correct info. But I guess at the time it makes sense, you know, thinking about like Studio Fifty Four and some of some of the extravagant but sensual moments of the seventies of the late seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then speaking of sensual again, I would say. Track 7, Dreaming of You, has that groovy R&B vibes. It's got sexy trumpet solo from our man, Donald Byrd. But it does have more of a happy element as well. So I could almost imagine Minnie Ripperton singing this song or doing a cover of this one. Yeah, I I like this song. I recognize it. It's been sampled. Um, I remembered it from, do you remember the duo, the R&B duo, Jeanne, like from the late 90s? Oh, yeah. Yes. They had the song, Hey, Mr. DJ and Sending My Love. I love Jeanne. So yeah, yeah, they have a song called Crush. I think it was on their sophomore album. It wasn't on the debut one with all the really big, big uh, breaking hits that they had, but I think it's on the second one. It's called Crush anyway. Yeah. Came out in like 97. Let's listen to a little bit. It's exactly this, yeah, it's exactly this drum, drum line here. Let's listen to a little bit of that sample. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I think this album is probably one of their most overlooked, knowing that most of their hits came from previous records in the earlier years of The Blackbirds. And it's such a good album. I also just think it's super underrated because if you hear this album and you go and you listen to like um, Chic or, or gosh, anything, Casey in the Sunshine, not Casey in the Sunshine, because like the little, those are all record radio hits. So it's maybe a little different. I don't know. It's just, I feel like this one's kind of overlooked in the history of jazz fusion and funk and disco. But the players weren't really, I mean, Donald Byrd is a legend. So, I mean, he really inspired Herbie Hancock. So I feel like, mm. I don't know. He had a fun time. It's a good record. It is a good record. It's great. It's for your next barbecue or house yeah. party, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what's our, what's our tie Dude, in here? I think we nailed it without knowing it this week because think about it. <laughs> We've got jazz funk fusion. Yeah. A lot of different okay. styles happening. We've got music school educated, oh, yeah. virtuoso, you know, players, players like, you yep. know, legit jazz players. Yeah. And freakiest of all, isn't this, this is the fifth album from the Blackbirds, is it not? Sixth. Sixth. Sixth studio. Wait, unless I counted it wrong. Hold on. Cause I did, I tried to do the math. I'm not counting like their film, like TV stuff, whatever. I'm talking about just oh. their music. That's true. Okay. Then if you don't count Cornbread, Earl and Me, the soundtrack, then it's definitely no their fifth studio This is their fifth album. album yes. As well as fifth. Nowhere, not counting all of their side projects and solo efforts. This is also their fifth studio album. Okay. But we are on a roll. We are killing it. We wow. cannot be stopped. We can't be stopped. That's We insane. remain undefeated. I know. Wow. Yeah. There you go. That's the Nowhere Blackbirds connection. Friends in the store, this is never planned. Like this is always it's really not. <laughs> super. Hey, I'm this album is the one I'm going to be sharing. And then Allie's like, yeah, this is mine. And then we come together and it's like, wait, what? Yeah, no, this is perfect. I'm telling you, man, we're on the same wavelength. I love it. Legendary, just like mm-hmm. Donald Byrd and Lewis Cole. Eventually, <laughs> well, a few more years. No, I think he's already legendary. He's already impacted so many people. He's already played on so many projects. I think yeah. Lewis Cole and Genevieve Artadi have carved their place in music history yeah. pretty well. Yeah, they're doing it. For sure. Cool. All right. Well, we did it. Yeah, good picks, man. I love it. If you are one of those Daft Punk prodigy sample types and are looking for some inspo, I would definitely dig the Blackbird's action out of the crates oh, yeah. because I think you could probably pull some beautiful sample gems right off out of that record. Yep, for sure. All right. Shall we finish stocking the shelves so we can yeah. wrap up? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good chatting with you. Good chatting with you. As see always. Ya on the yep, flip side. All right. Later. Bye. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society. Record Store Society.